Hello and welcome to the second episode of our podcast series about the Capgemini and MIT research report, Lifting the Lead on Corporate Innovation in the Digital Age. I'm Didier Bonny, Executive Vice President at Capgemini Invent, and I'm proud to say that this year, Capgemini and MIT are celebrating the 10th anniversary of our research collaboration. In the previous episode, we looked at competencies needed for innovation and recent digital trends that are influencing innovation. I'm joined again by my two special guests, and today we are going to examine the topic of finding a balance between internal and external innovation sources through a clear innovation architecture and finding ways to incorporate those critical resources in-house. Now, Neil and Carol, I'll let you introduce yourself. Thanks, Didier. So uh, my name is Neil Thompson. I'm an innovation researcher at MIT based in the Computer Science and Artificial Intelligence Lab and also in the Initiative on the Digital Economy. Uh, prior to doing that, I was an assistant professor at the Sloan School of Management at MIT. And before I going to academia, I was a management consultant. Hello, everyone. It's great to be back. My name is Carol Bitter. I lead the innovation and strategy practice at Capgemini Invent and Fahrenheit 212, our innovation consulting arm here in the UK. Thank you very much to both. So in the previous episode, we really looked at uh, what we found in the research around the big shifts that are happening in innovation, like, like more transformative and so on. Today, we are going to examine the topic of finding a balance between internal and external innovation uh, that has become quite important and how we match the two sources through a very clear architecture internally. So, so Neil, we, we talk a lot about innovation architecture. Uh, why is it important today? Yeah, I think it's particularly important right now because historically there was this view that the way that you did innovation was internal, right? There's this idea of not uh, not invented here. Those are the things, you know, we're, we're not interested in those things. We'll do the innovation here that we want. And what we see is that in recent years, that has completely reversed itself. Um, so to put that into perspective, seven years ago, um, more than 70% of the businesses um, that were in this part of the survey, this large survey that we did, said that the only external innovation partners that they were working with at all were their suppliers and their customers, right? So it's sort of like the people who are most directly involved, but they're really not looking much beyond that horizon. And what we've seen now is that actually th this has completely reversed itself. Now more than 75% of people are also partnering with people like universities, startups, trying to do like some crowdsourcing of the information. They're saying, like these are the people who have some of the cutting edge information that we need, some of the capabilities to do this digital innovation that we want to do. And so we need to build an architecture that can include them. And Neil, one thing I might add is, um, I think one thing that really resonated with me in terms of the research was that um, companies now have a much better understanding of the benefits of both internal and external sources and, and, and capabilities, which I, I don't really believe that had the strength of that understanding um, even five years ago. And I think what's, what's great about that is if we have the understanding, then we can design for it. And I think that's what I see happening now is just much more proactivity and confidence um, coming from companies and practically designing the right mix and the right architecture um, for their company, um, instead of just kind of a, a little bit of look to the left, look to the right cut and paste, um, which which never works. I mean, one thing I think that is qu quite interesting about that is, you know, we asked firms about the innovation projects that they were doing. And one of the things they, they told us was like how much expertise they had in them. And what you can see was firms are becoming very aware that when they lack the expertise, 
they actually need to go externally. So even though you know many, many projects are still doing internally, of the ones where they said, actually, our internal capabilities are only sort of average for the field, we're not even amongst one of the leaders, 73% of the time, they said that project is should be done externally. And so I think, Carol, you're exactly right that firms are recognizing that they need to do this stuff where the expertise is and incorporate that into their architecture. Yeah, and I think the other point, Neil, though, and, and Carol, that was really interesting for me was this notion that uh, it's not a, a either or. So in other words, the external sources have not substituted the internal sources. In fact, we did find through the numbers that the more people were using external sources, they were also increasing their usage of internal sources. So, so what we've seen is an expansion of the uh, of the innovation sources uh, overall, which I, I thought was was extremely interesting, and also to some extent negates this idea of let's all go external and do virtual innovation, which we really didn't see in the numbers, right? Yeah, and I think that I think that expansion of sources, which I was I was um, a, a surprised to see as well. Um, I think it's both um, it, it's both a move in the right direction, but also a pain point for a lot of our clients because I think what what they've woken up to is the need for um, more sources and more partnerships, but maybe haven't yet quite cracked the synthesis of it. Right, so we get quite a lot of questions around. Um, how can we be more? Um, how can we be more precise about what we're looking for, and what's the capability that we need, and what which are the partnerships that we need, and, and which are the capabilities that we need? Yeah, true, and and and, and that's why I like the the, the word uh, innovation architecture because I mean, Carol, you you know that from 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 the work we've done. I mean, there's there's you go into organization and you've got they've got all the ingredients, you know, internal and external, an R and D department, an innovation lab, a a, a, you know, a test bed for, for startups and all that, but somewhat quite disconnected uh, in, in some ways and disconnected meaning that, you know, not relating to one of their growth objective or, or, or business or new business model objective, but also reporting sometimes to three, four, five, six, seven different people. So, so this notion of that, how do you reorchestrate that so, so you can be more efficient in terms of, of your innovation capabilities, I think is, is a real one. Yeah, I think I think that it's something that you're, you're right, Didier. Something that we've talked a lot about. I mean, often when we're with clients, they they'll, they'll talk to us about the challenges they have with innovation, uh, and of course, we know that this is. Um, I think when companies aren't getting the return on investment that they need from innovation, then they um, allocate less. Um, investment and resource, and it's kind of like this vicious cycle. But when they tell us what the individual challenges are, um, what we can see is that it's almost always um, a lack of having a strong architecture, um, um, and not just you're right, not just the component parts. Because I think I think it's it, over the last decade, uh, you know, people are very familiar. You need a strong, you need a strong uh, vision, and you need a strong mandate. You need to be clear on what your scope is, where the governance and funding. Uh, you know, you need to know the role of culture and talent, and and have strong metrics, etc. I think everyone knows the component parts but but uh, not enough companies have the really strong rationale of how it all hangs together um, and how they further their strategic goals um, and it runs more like an engine more systematically than than kind of sporadically and I think to Carol's point about like how this hangs together I think one of the really interesting things that we see in our data is that the sources that are growing the fastest so like universities and startups and the like many of these are using a mix of, of internal and external resource. So it's not like it's something that is entirely internal to the firm and it's only your people working on it, or and it's not something that you just buy externally and you sort of never are involved in it. These really are 
tend to be collaborations where you have some of your people involved and some other people. So perhaps an innovation lab is the best example of this, where you're trying to co-locate with these other inter external experts. But I think that mix of internal and external resources being on the same projects, I think also adds to the complexity of implementing these things in actual organizations. It's why I often say when, when I'm asked what does kind of successful innovation architecture looks like, um, I think companies that uh, when, when they're getting the outcomes that they want, so they're getting the products and services um, that they want, when they're, um, they're, they're seeing the evolution in their business model that they need, um, then they stop talking about the innovation architecture, right? Because it's, it, the engine that they need is, is working. I think it's, it, it's where it comes to the surface when, when it's not working well. Okay, well, that's, that's all we have time for uh, for this episode. So thank you again, Neil and Carol, and thank you everyone for listening. And please join us for the next and final episode where we'll take a real closer look at this issue of capabilities and how you access them and also how you can bring them in-house over time so you can build lasting competitive advantage. And don't forget, if you want to know more about the research, you can download a full copy of our joint report with the MIT from our website at capgemini.com. Thank you again for listening.